Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome back, everyone, to our Podcasting Smarter August live event. We're so excited because we're capping off the summer of discoverability with one of my favorite podcasters, Linz Florin from Growth Network Podcasts. Hi, Linz. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're so excited to have you here. And, you know, over over the course of the summer, I'll read our intro in a bit. We'll get started. Um, I just want to make a couple of announcements. Over the course of the summer, we've had two other events on discoverability. So we really want to help podcasters and whether it's, you know, you're an independent podcaster at Podbean, over 640,000 podcasts are hosted with us. Or if it's something where, you know, you're a brand, you're a company that has a podcast and you want to know, you know, how to how people can find it. We've really offered some amazing resources and you know, we're so excited to speak with you today to talk all about indie podcasters and how, you know, as an indie podcaster people can find your show. A lot of the time, you know, you're not going to have the budget of a corporate podcast and making sure you find that audience and they find you and, you know, you're, you're doing all the things you can do to be in the places where the people are listening is important. Um, so I'm going to read our brief intro and then we'll jump in. Welcome back, everyone, to Podcasting Smarter and our final event as part of our Summer of Discoverability series for our August live event. Amplify Your Audience, Navigating Discoverability as an Independent Podcaster, featuring Linz Florin of Growth Network Podcasts, as we speak about how to increase your podcast discoverability and help you find your audience. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter has live stream sessions just like this one with top podcasters and experts within the industry. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter podcast, so make sure to check that out. And this is the third event in our Summer of Discoverability series where we're bringing you experts, best practices, tips for how to grow your podcast, whether you're an independent podcaster, which is what we're here to talk about today, a brand or an enterprise level organization. Make sure to check out last month's live stream, Branded Podcasting, Amplifying Your Brand's Voice with Lower Street with Harry Morton, the CEO of Lower Street and Shannon Martin of Lower Street as well. And June's live event, Podcast Discoverability, boost your reach and grow your audience with Russ Moore of Pacific Content. So there's just so much gold there for um, anybody. If you want to go back and watch those episodes as well, they're here on Podbean's YouTube channel. Um, and if you have any questions, of course, you can pop them in the chat. Podcasting Smarter is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 640,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today. And now we'll get started. Hey, Linz. Hello. So excited to chat with you here today on discoverability. And first off, let's kind of start out, you know, discoverability is a big word, you know, we're throwing it around a lot. So what does it mean for podcasts? And 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 how is it different for independent podcasters than bigger podcast networks and and brands? Yeah, discoverability, I think in a way is everything that um, as creators, there's so much noise. There are so many other things to consume. You're not only competing with other podcasts, you're competing with 
Netflix. You're competing with Hulu. You're competing with the museum down the street. You're competing with a uh, Taylor Swift concert. There were vying for attention on all fronts. And so discoverability is really about making sure that people can find your show and uh, maybe even that the right people find your show uh, to keep listening uh, is, is really important. And one of the things that's really important for indie podcasters is you have to work smarter, not harder. Yes. You know, there's a, there's a piece where you, you know that those big companies have big budgets and they're working very hard to get everyone's attention. Uh, and so you might have to go use a, a different strategy than the big ones would use because no one else is trying it. And so sometimes you have to get scrappy. I think that's what indie podcasters have to do. It's getting scrappy. It's trying different things, connecting with audiences and really, um, celebrating each person who does discover your podcast, I think is really important too, because it's about creating that relationship. So when they find you, they feel connected to you and they want to come back for more. They want to tell everybody and they get that enthusiasm hit that yeah. uh, we all really want. Gosh, you know, and I think when you're listening to a show and you've, you know, you've just discovered the show or you just, you know, have listened to a few episodes and you feel like, oh, maybe, you know, this is more of a community. There's, there's so much there. Um, and then, you know, we've had shows that will read reviews they've gotten or, you know, answer listener questions as part of the episode. So there's definitely an opportunity to honor and include your audience, which is really cool. And I want to go over some keys to podcast discoverability. So the first is consistent and high quality content, right? So it's making sure that your show is the best show you can make for sure, but the truest show to the show and to your audience as well. Yeah, I think that um, you only get one chance to make a first impression, they say, right? And so um, while you uh, focusing on that too much can maybe make a little obsession, maybe you can get a little overly neurotic about it, but I think to that extent, you control what you can control. You know, the the sounds, uh, you have control of the the sound of the file from, you know, start to finish. You know, making sure that that does sound good and that it, you're really proud of it is a is a first step you know the the content being good feeling good about it is great and then controlling the promo pieces right yes what, what can you do you know is it enough to just put uh some words on a slide and expect that people are going to resonate i think in this day and age no um yeah, you absolutely. know and so What's really important then is to watch what's been working and what's not working anymore. What makes you want to just keep on scrolling? Don't make that content, you know, right. <laughs> try to think of something different from that. Like the stuff that you kind of roll your eyes at or zone out for, like, that's not, um, even if there is a pattern where, okay, there's a recipe. Everyone has said you make three to five audiograms and you put them out here and no, the, the formula piece only worked only works if it works. That's you know? right. And, yeah. and it's easy to want to say, okay, well, I've checked all the boxes. I'm done. And you're not. Because at the end of the day, if you if people aren't finding you, you have to revise your strategy. And there's sort of a, an, it's an yeah. endless game. You're, you're really signing on to uh, something that is not a one and done situation, you know, and being willing to say, all right, I'm here. What do I do today to up the ante a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's hard not to go on autopilot, but I think it's an important aspect as well. And when we're talking about 
high quality content. We don't mean like, oh, you've got to be the best podcast editor in the world. You've got to be the best sound designer. We mean, is your content consistent, right? If somebody says, oh, I like the show because of something, right? Maybe it's because of a certain kind of interview you do, because of the kind of guests that you have, because of the format of the show. Keep that consistency, right? And you will continue to grow. And and like Linz was saying, you know, if it's not working, know that you can pivot, right? At Podbean, you know, we've got a heat map so we can tell you when people are listening to your podcast. And so that's, you know, when when you can time your episodes to come out. So you know, okay. And then you can say, hey, everybody, like for Podcasting Smarter, we are released at 7 a.m. Eastern time every Tuesday. East Coast time, 7 a.m. every Tuesday. And that's, you know, what builds listenership. So when people are on their way to work, you know, East Coast, even West Coast, right? When they're on their way to work, they know Tuesday they're getting a new episode. They're going to learn about something from Podbean. They're going to have an interview, something like that. So making sure that your episodes come out the same time, the same day every week, having that consistency really builds audience trust and loyalty. So I think high quality content is a really is a really important one. And I want to get back to um, what you said about social media. We're gonna we're gonna touch back there later, Lynn's. The next one I want to talk about is optimizing podcast metadata. So making sure that you know your description, your tags, or episode titles is something where if they're all over the place, it can be kind of hard for people to get into your podcast or know what's going on. Yeah, I think um much like the audio when you first tune in is your first chance. The first time you see some uh, you see some text about something, you do form judgments. You know, yeah. is the title easy to read um, or does it have words in it that mean something to me? Um, I, I think there's a little bit of, have you done the job to take your content from the you-centric as the creator and make it listener-centric yeah. on, in the receiving end? And so... You know, there's the words that came out of you to say, but then you have to revise those to be the words that someone else wants to read, right? Yeah, and there's absolutely. A, that, that shift in the head is really important, but, um, you know, being conscious that someone is, um, everyone very busy, right? Everyone yeah. is, is very, very, everyone very busy. <laughs> it's true. In the world, everyone, it's, and it's interesting, right? When we're not busy, we're on our phones, we're scrolling, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can... Very rarely are people bored these days, and I think boredom is kind of you know underrated in some ways. Yeah, no, it's a nice it's a nice break, quite frankly. Yeah, um, but, but, it, but in order big... to get through, you have to try. You have to unseat something they regularly listen to. You know, there's something about like they've every people have a slate of stuff, whether they're aware of it or not. That like they kind of go to, and um, you know, sometimes you have to be. Um, to the person you're trying to reach, and it doesn't matter if anyone else cares, but to your uh, to your prime audience person, you have to be so compelling. They're just like, yep, Tuesday's Podbean. I look forward to it, right? Exactly. And so you're creating that kind of symbiotic relationship where they're like, okay, I have my Monday shows, I have my Wednesday shows, but on Tuesday, Podbean, right? And so uh, that's, I think of shows, the shows I listen to like that, you know, that there's like, oh, it's Thursday, has Bandsplain put out an episode or something yeah. like that? And so um, I think it is about creating the routine, the quality stuff, and then, yeah, thinking with a listener in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, within within your descriptions, like we we're saying, you know, and, and we've had some some experts also come on and talk about this, where before people listen to your show, they're going to see it, right? What's your artwork look like? Is it relaying the content? right? Is it saying, hey, this is a fun show. This is fun, exciting, colorful art. 
or, hey, this is a mysterious show, you know, that kind of thing. Does it grab you? Do the titles grab you? Are things optimized for search engine optimization? Um, you know, even just the basics, right? Are you correctly categorized within the different podcast categories? Just setting up your podcast, that's a, that's a really important aspect as well. Um, and don't minimize the importance of show notes. Show notes are so important because people can find your podcast through search, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're Googling for something. Um, and if you have a podcast episode about it, if your show notes are clear, you'll come up in the search. So... Yeah, the the getting the text right for the show notes, putting them in all the right places. Is it just on your show or do you have a website where they're also shown maybe with with, with more links or with a with a blog or something, you know, what are you doing to um because that's one of the values of a podcast is you're basically creating an SEO machine. Yeah. Every week, let's say, you're assuming you're weekly, every week you're creating a new thing that is searchable and Google loves that, right? And so you put it out, but you have to put the tech, like Google doesn't care so much for the audio, it really wants the text. Right, Google's so, not hearing each individual episode. The AI isn't there yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's um, not how search works. So. You know, you got to make sure that your show notes relay that, relay your content, mm-hmm. you know, and, and talk about what it is and uh, why people are going to want to listen and make sure that you use keywords there. I think that's a, a really important aspect. And, you know, I think also directories are, are, are huge, you know, when you're setting up your podcast, even if your podcast is already established. And this also comes back to the consistency we were talking about, Linz, with directories. You know, you want to make sure that you're on the directory where your listeners are, right? We always say the more the merrier. It's important to, you know, know that your podcast is out there for everybody to listen to. So just make sure that you're on as many directories as as you want to be. Um, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Podbean app, Google Podcasts, um, and to take advantage of of the categories and tags in that. Um, there's also, you know, if if you do have budget or you are interested in finding out, there are in-app promotions, right? So uh, not on Apple Podcasts. Let's be clear about that. Apple Podcasts does have an editorial submission. So anybody for free can submit to Apple Podcasts to be featured. You know, of course, they're not going to say yes to everybody. And it is it is quite selective. Um, you know, I'm sure we both know that. Mm. But for a lot of other apps, you can contact them. And sometimes you can even pay for features within the app. So it'll help you boost. If, you know, if that's something you have budget for as an independent podcaster. Um, it's something that is available on some of the apps as well. Um, and just going back to that that consistency piece, you know, you said weekly podcast, and that's a that's something I really want to touch on as well. If you can produce a great weekly podcast, produce a great weekly podcast. If you can produce a great weekly podcast for twelve weeks and take a break and say, hey, the season, you know, this is the season, do that. You know, or if you can produce a great podcast every two weeks, do that. Um, but whatever the whatever the pacing is, communicate that. Communicate that to your listenership, to your audience. Make it clear what kind of show it is. Because the worst part is, you know, when you find a show, one of the worst things is when you find a show and like, oh, it just, it ends for now. And you don't know when it's coming back. And they haven't told you. Or, you know, maybe the creator instead of weekly changes it to every other week or changes and doesn't necessarily communicate that. That's going to alienate your audience. They're going to get tired of that. Yeah. Um that is completely true. Whatever scheme uh, you put in place, just uh, think it through and stick to it, you know, and then if you do change it, 
again, communicating, it's really, really important. Um, I will say that there are, uh, I've been learning through the, some of the events I've gone to and hearing from other creators that, um, the taking breaks between seasons thing is a real, can really, uh, suck the life out of your growth and path. And so, For I, sure. and I, we started out as seasons and I'm, I'm making the adjustment right now to say, okay, I would rather post every other week and never drop one than do seasons with breaks because the listenership does seem to drop, drop off if you take more than a two week break or something, you know? And so it's just interesting, but I think it's a playground, right? You, you discover yeah. only by doing, you get feedback in the form of listeners or in the form of fewer listeners and both are very informative. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you're going to know based on what works for your show, based on the data you're getting. Um, and from the beginning, you know, whatever you decide to go with, know you can change uh, and to communicate that with your listenership. And I, th I think you're right. You know, we've all had those moments where, you know, a show, a show disappears and then it comes back and you're less excited, you know, or you've moved on to other shows. You maybe not, don't have, um, you know, as much time you want to give that show or there's other things that are excited coming up in your, in your feed. So it's definitely a really important. Where you don't even notice. I think more, more likely notice. you don't even notice they came. Oh, back. that's the worst. The worst. Yeah. Um, well, I want to, I want to talk next about, you know, promotion on social media because you, you touched on that saying like, you can't just create things and post them and hope that they work right? It's really about engagement. Mm -hmm. I think that um, the, you know, there's sort of a few effects happening in a, in a social media world. There's one that's like the billboard, I call it, right? Like it's replacing the, in, you know, you have to have a feed and the feed has to have stuff. And yeah. that's how people know that you're alive. You right, know, exactly. it's like the yellow pages, like exactly. this. Like, hey, like proof of life. Yeah. Technically you exist, <laughs> but have you attracted you my attention? You have not, more than likely. Right. If somebody um, looks you up, you'll be there, but you're not going to yep. come up without them. Searching. And so that's the baseline. I think that is the bare minimum to participate in promoting anything. Is that you have to have posts up? They have to be, you know, reflect the show and everything. And that's sort of the starting point, you know. And it's not to say you don't have a great show if you're not to a you know posting every day on your thing, but there is that amount of post is kind of like a proof of life, you know? Yeah. But the next piece is how do you stand out? You stop the scroll. How do you actually pop through somebody's perception filter? Because we're all just, we're just have these blinders up and there's the stuff we like and we find it and we're just, yeah. You know, scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> and so how do you make somebody stop scrolling? And what I will say is that sometimes that's not going you're that's not going to be how you get people right i have a friend who is a comedian and she's been working on her own show and she was really disappointed at first because she wasn't getting conversions from social media to her show mm. and it was really frustrating to her but she does get comments and she does you know she's getting some engagement but she's not getting any listeners but every time she goes to do a performance Afterwards, she hands out stickers and she gets people to sign up. She's like, open up your Spotify and turn it on and, and, and subscribe. And she does this engaging thing where she gets more listeners. And I said, okay, let's understand your path here. Your path, social yeah. media is the validation. The, they come into your world through the, through the 
but they met you in person and now they want to know more and they want to stick with you and follow you along. Yeah. And the social media is just a reminder that you're there to keep doing that, you know? And so I think it's just understanding the role here, you know, in her case, the in-person was a really important part and to yeah. look at the social media stats was depressing. And so we stopped, <laughs> we stopped looking at them because, you know, they're useful, but they, you can't hang your hat on them. But also the amount of time she puts into a show, you know, w- putting her act together, making sure, you know, she's got all her jokes, doing the promotion for it, reaching out to the different venues. You know, is she putting that much energy into social media? Probably not. No, <laughs> not for the podcast. So it may be something where, you know, she, she's getting in that instant, she's getting out what she's putting in from the in-person shows. Yeah, and since you have to do those in-person shows anyway, you may as well leverage that energy for for what it is, yeah. and not you don't have to also put that same amount of energy into social media inherently. You have to do you have to do something, but like know your operation. I mean, because we work with businesses too, and so it's like understand what are you trying to do with this thing? Yes. Just a stat. I just want stats. Okay, cool. Do you want to, what needle are you trying to move? Get newsletter signups? You're trying to sell things? Yeah. Let's let's try to have it tooled towards that. And I think indie yeah. podcasters are often some of the most innovative about, oh, I now put this thing on Amazon and I can sell that through my show or I can, yeah. you know, that there's so much creativity there. There are so many ways to make money as an independent podcaster. And, and you know, we talk about this a lot at Podbean. People don't go into podcasting for the money, right? <laughs> We're not here. We're not here for for cash. In that way, um, people go in because they love it. They love to tell stories. They love to, you know, create incredible content. And then when you when you bring in how to monetize that monetization piece, it can be so overwhelming. Um, you know, and nowadays we're talking about ads a lot. And at Podbean, we have so many so many tools for monetization, like built into the platform, incredible software, you know, that you sign up and it'll just, you know, insert ads onto your podcast in near real time. That's programmatic or, you know, you can select timestamps on your, on your episodes and um, upload ads, um, whether it's ads for your own show, ads for live shows of your podcast, um, for DAI that can run specific campaigns. And we've got a lot of content there, which I'll, which I'll link to here in, um, in the description of, of today's event. But it's something where I think also you can sell merch. You can even have, hey, you know, if you want to support the show, if you just want to send us money, you can. Like those buy me a coffee links. Um, you know, there's there's so many ways you can do live shows. There's just there's there's a lot of incredible ways. And when people like your content, they want to support you, right? They want they want you to keep making it. So you know, it's something where you don't necessarily feel like. You have to monetize in a way like a brand, right? Somebody's got to buy, you know, your McDonald's cheeseburger, which of course is important if you're McDonald's. But if you're an indie podcaster, it can be, you know, hey, do you want to send $5 a month and just commit to helping us make a great show? Or do you want to um, buy a shirt, you know, with the logo of our of our podcast on it? So I think those are also really important aspects, you know, or you could just say like, hey, do you want to share the show? And maybe you're you're using the advertising that we have on Podbean, right? Built in, the ads marketplace, all that good stuff. Um, and you just want more listenership. So you have, you know, more more of an audience to uh, serve ads on. There's so many different options. And I think it, like you mentioned, it's important to think about what, what you want to get out of it. And it may just be, you know, I want to grow my show to the maximum amount of listenership. And then from there, you know, I'll monetize with, with advertising. Um, but... It, 
we don't necessarily go into podcasting thinking that. <laughs> so. No, and sometimes it's hard to imagine how you could amass the right number of people who are who have a budget, who are yeah. willing to spend. You know, I mean, there's a perception, I think, um, I don't even think it's uh, imposter syndrome. I think it's just sort of like, it's like the over-realism you know, you're like, oh, well, I, I have to be real about this. It's like, I might find 10 people. You know, you sort of get a little small because you're worried yeah. you might not attract the right people. And I think what I've learned is that you have to be the most expressive version of whatever it is you are yeah. in order to reach the people that are your people. Yeah. And, and this is the other thing. Who are your people? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you that's can't kind of worry about you're not people. You're you not can, people are irrelevant. And I you say cannot this worry. Yes. As exactly. a as a serial worrier about this thing. So I, I I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go back to watch this and take my <laughs> the advice. Crippling anxiety of worrying yeah. about people that we don't need to worry about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's look, I mean, I think you know, it's kind of like uh it's like the consent rules apply. It's either hell yes or it's a no. And it's if it's a no, that's fine. You know, what do we have? Seven billion, eight billion people. Like most of those people are not going to listen to your podcast. And that is fine. Yeah. You could still find hundreds or thousands. And that's yeah. like a drop in the bucket. But those those people are you're kind of weird or you're kind of nerdy or you're kind of excited. And if you tamp those things down, they won't know that that's this is for them. Yeah. You know, and so it's you almost have to let your freak flag fly. Totally. You have to you have to be the most of what your podcast is, right? And mm -hmm. at Podbean, we always talk about creating your audience avatar. So that's kind of what I also want to talk about in terms of discoverability. Who are you making this podcast for? Who's listening? Where are they listening? Where are they hanging out on social media? Um, specifically for social media, right? Maybe you're posting a lot on, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook, but your audience is on Twitter. Like you've got to go to the platform where your audience is, or maybe your audience is like all on TikTok, right? They're all Gen Zs and I mean, even millennials that are on TikTok and, and they just want like snippets of your show or they want you to hop on and say, Hey, we've got a great episode coming up. Or like, did you know about this historical figure that we're going to feature soon? You know, so I, I think it's really important to know who your people are, who do your audience is. And then from there, you can find them and they can find you. You've got to, you've got to hang out where they're hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's a there's a reflection process that you really have to do to say, okay, let's look at me, who I am. Let's look at this content. Let's look at how we're doing this content, and really look at who indeed this is for, you know, and define it. Get specific, you know. Say, you know, these are for people. I'll use an example. So uh, I've just launched the Rediscovering Debbie Campbell podcast, which yeah. is uh, my passion project. It's about my stepmom, who was a singer back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. And what I know is that there are a couple of different populations who are going to resonate with this. That's, first of all, people who were alive in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Boomers. Right. Right. Boomers, which is typically most people say boomers don't listen to podcasts. Well, this is podcast is for them. And so right. we're, we're going to play with that. You know, and then there's also music fans of all sorts. Like if you're a music, music documentary, this is going to be the thing. There's the feel good family stories like, uh, you know, and so I can find I can start to look in each of those directions and say, where are the people that like this thing? You yeah. know, 
where are they hanging out on social media? Where are they? What other podcasts are they listening to? I often use a tool like Podchaser as a research tool. Yeah. And it's kind of like if you haven't seen it, it's like the IMDB of podcasts. Uh, yes. You know, yes. And, and we have an episode of Podcasting Smarter, actually, where Cole Raven from Podcaster, po sorry, from Podchaser comes on and talks about um, how the platform works, how to use it to find your people, actually. So it's 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 a really incredible tool. So shout out to our friends at Podchaser. Yeah, and you can do things like make playlists. And so like you can make a playlist of your podcast and other podcasts in your genre that you respect and put yours at the top, right? Or put it anywhere in there, right? And just say, here's the top 10 true crime podcasts. And you just put, in, by, from my opinion, and include yours. Someone will find it and listen to it that way. Anyway, there's kind of creative ways to, but when you, but knowing what people like, knowing what kind of person, um, yeah. you know, you don't necessarily have to know like where they buy their t-shirts or you don't have to always like, not every piece of granular data is useful, Yeah, but you do need to learn some things and sort of know that in not be swayed. I'll go on a quick side tangent just because, um, people give you advice all the time yeah. people give you people tell you how to do your thing more than they listen it's honestly so they true. don't even it's, listen to your show no it's then, so true if you if you tell anyone you have a podcast they'll say oh what's it about i love podcasts right and then they'll then then they'll say oh well have you listened to this do you have you tried this what do you think about that it's it's you're 100 percent right Linz. yeah for right sure. and so i think the key in order to not be swayed by all these people giving feedback because it's not when you get feedback you kind of want to act on it right like you yeah. don't want to be but the truth is, like, when you know who your audience is, it's easy to say, oh, thank you so much and let it go. Right. That's good advice for somebody else. You're like, oh, well, Joe Rogan does this. Great. Cool. That's not what I'm doing, you know. And if you haven't made a plan, then you just kind of sound petulant. You just kind of sound like, no, I'm not doing it. Different. But when you have a plan, you just sound really like, oh, oh, thank you. That's great. But I actually doing, you know. There's something uh, more self-assured once you've done this planning around who your audience is and everything that makes you easier to tolerate the wacky feedback. Yeah. And I think it's also something where, you know, it can be really vulnerable as a podcaster to make something, to put it out there. Um, and, you know, then to continually be like, hey, guys, check this out. <laughs> right. And so there's Again, there's, this week. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Every week. Hey, did you hear this week? And I think it's something where you know, there is an audience for every podcaster. And if you ask any podcaster out there, you know, if they felt a little bit awkward or vulnerable about putting content out, they have, you're not the only one. Um, and don't feel like, you know, you don't want to impose on people or you're shy about it. Just, you know, understand that it's part of the process and um, it's okay to share your work. It's, it's encouraged. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And no one will share it for you like you do. Right, oh, like that's a great point. Yeah. Now, you, now, if someone enthusiastic yeah. tells their friend, that's great. I'm not saying don't. We love word of mouth. Have, yeah, we word of mouth is we the love best. word of mouth recommendations. But we're also saying in terms of posting your podcast, sharing links, um, updating your audience, you've got to do that. You you're the best in tune with, with the tone you want to set and the information you want. You've made all the tweaks, and so I think you know people really love to outsource. They want to think they should outsource and. What I'll say is the more you can hold on to, to to make it your own, the more it has the potential to become something truly magical for you. 
and I, not to say, I mean, I have a company. My company helps people with podcast. You know, we we are there for this outsourcing, and so uh, it's a little silly to say don't hire someone. But there is something magical about owning your own workflow and determining it and being really clear on it and letting it help you grow as a person. Yeah. That is like really, it's next level stuff. I mean, it's what real pros do in every field, and so yeah. I think that. Um, anyway, to the extent I try to do that, it's, it's, it is hard. I still have a team and I go, there's some part of it. I just, I'm not, I'm going to let go of that one. And then the reality of the constraints are real, but to be able to, uh, touch all the pieces and understand your thing doesn't infuse it with a little bit of extra energy. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, next I kind of want to talk about what it's like when you start engaging with everybody else. So, uh, let's talk podcast communities because you've you've talked about this a lot um, here at Podbean as well, Linz, about how you know podcasting is a singular, right? It's a singular activity. It's you, it's the mic, especially for all our indie podcasters out there. You know, Podbean, we have over six hundred and forty thousand podcasts hosted with us, so we understand it's you, it's the mic. It can feel really intimidating. It can feel like oh, it's just me and I'm doing everything. But there's community out there for you. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that community can show up, right? Through social media, through Facebook groups. There's a lot of Facebook groups out there. Um, you know, wh- where's your audience hanging out? Do they have any other interests, right? Maybe, you know, maybe your podcast, like you were saying, is about music, music history. There are Facebook groups out there, not for podcasts, but for people who like music history, right? Or who mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, music, things like that. So it's important to know that, you know, and we're not saying go spam a bunch of Facebook groups. That's not what we're saying. We're saying be a be a member of the community, be engaged um, as much as you can, where you think it'll bring you back that value. Um, yeah. And once you know, once you have that engagement, you start connecting with people. Those dots will start connecting themselves, um, which is really fun. So you know, not just hey, I have this new episode, but share your expertise, offer value. I think that's a really big aspect um, because that'll help you establish yourself as an authority, which is just what you were talking about, Linz, right? Owning your work, saying, hey, I, I can do this. And this is, you know, what I'm the expert in and I made this podcast. And so, you know, just just going back to that fact of um, stepping into your own authority and establishing yourself as an authority for your show, um, not just within your show, but within the greater community of whatever your show's about is a huge important. Aspect yeah, well. totally. And I think the other piece of this is, you know, connecting to the podcast community is, you know, it's so solitary. And so these are like your coworkers, right? Yeah. Like I think of, I think of anybody who podcasts as my coworker and I have like the biggest break room in the world on the internet, you know? And so um, I really like being able to talk shop with other podcasters. I like to learn from what they've done. I hear what they, and so to me, and you can do that online. Uh, you can also go to the, the conferences, you know, like a podcast movement. I recently went to the outlier podcast festival, which is one that travels around and uh, it's a shorter one, but it's really every person there was so hungry to, to, to meet each other this and is the to other help their thing. show grow. So, so encouraging. And everyone was like, Oh, I want to hear your thing. And just that, like, the vibrant energy that like we're trying to put into the mic with our podcast, but sometimes in person stuff just has that special sauce. Absolutely. And I think it's something where 
what's great about podcasters, and this is in person, but it's also virtual. Everybody's really friendly, you know? And we've had people from all over the map, you know, who have big uh, public radio backgrounds and things like that, and and people who are self-taught from the ground up. And, you know, pretty much everybody that we've talked to has said, hey, if you have a question, reach out. You know, don't be afraid to contact anybody in the industry. I think it's something where, whether it's other podcasters, whether it's... um you know, people who work for podcast hosting, you know, like us, um, monetization, if you have any ad questions, we're here. Um, and it's something where, y- you know, don't feel intimidated or shy about that. There's, and podcasting so far has always been like this, where people are excited to connect and it's not competitive, it's collaborative, which is really Such fun as an industry. So refreshing. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, Don't you know, feel we, like yeah. If you're watching this and you want to collab, also pop your podcast in the in the in the chat here if you want to shout yourself out because you know we really are a community here, Podbean. It's something where, um, you know, I think the rising tide is lifting all of all of our podcast boats. Hmm. Well, and I find it's really refreshing. You know, uh, you and I both have uh, spent a little time in music industry land, which. Yeah promises you know it, uh, there's like a promise of it being amazing yeah. and all this kind of stuff and it is cutthroat and a little mean competitive and a little uh, yeah yeah a little bit harsh uh, it's amazing if you can make any friends sometimes uh that being you know and so what i love is i compare my podcast my music conferences i used to go to and uh, the music events and all the book you know this thing to the podcasters and i feel so much lighter so much happier, so much like people, I mean, first of all, we're all very good listeners, right? We're interviewers, uh, we're hosts, right? So people, there's like yeah. a, a, a real connection to it. And so um, I've not found another industry that has this kind of vibe and it's definitely a part of what has me hooked. Yeah, absolutely. So just know that community is out there for you and for your podcast. Um, and that kind of leads to the next thing I want to talk about, Linz, which is cross promo <laughs> which is a really big one and and it, and it really feeds into the, the scrappiness of indie podcasters and and um what really makes the difference so the first is um episode swaps right mm-hmm. if you have an interview show or you have a show where you have guests on find shows that are similar have a similar audience um and say hey you know i would love to have you on my show could we do an episode swap i'll interview you you interview me and then both of our audiences benefit, right? Their audience is exposed to your show and your audience is exposed to them. So they they also get to find new people. And, and honestly, that's one of the top ways that people grow their show. Yeah. And sometimes there's a mismatch, right? So there, you may have fewer listeners than that's they true. do or yeah. vice versa. But I would say shoot your shot 100% of the time. You know, the worst thing they can say is if, no or not right now, right? Yeah. And likely they've got content holes to fill and they're busy and they're like, oh, here's a thing that's going to do that for me. So sometimes. And it's within their genre, right? Definitely. You have to present yourself. Hey, I've got the show. Here's what it's about. Here's what I'm excited about. You know, pitch yourself. It's it's definitely an important uh, consideration. So, you know, don't just send a, yeah. a casual email like, hey, want to have me on your show without saying, you know, what the show's about and why they would why they would want to have you on their show. But come at it with curiosity and excitement and value for that other podcast. And And listen to the show before you suggest it. Oh, that's a very big one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yep. 
that's an important, that's an, that's a given. You look better and it's, it means a lot. You can, you can go the step further and say, I loved your last episode. This was my favorite part. Do you want to collab? Boom. How would they not? You just complimented me and told me my stuff was great. I'm more inclined to do that. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it also feeds into that excitement, but I think also make sure you listen to the show make sure you're clear about you know what the show is about that it is a good fit um because if you're just looking at the title right and and you're you're emailing them this person may get that kind of um they may get queried like that a lot and so it's just important to understand that the more you personalize things um the better chance you have of somebody connecting with that message and with your show as well yeah i think yeah. the you said it very well. I don't have another point. No, there. no, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I think the other thing about cross-promotion that is an important aspect is obviously we're talking about the content of your episode, but you can extend that, right? You can do ad swaps with other podcasts, and that's a really easy one, um, If especially if you're looking at a podcast that has different numbers than yours, right? Because that podcast, maybe, maybe they have five times as many numbers, but you can say, hey, for every five ads that I run of your show on my show, you can run one ad on, on your show um, and get the same, you know, with ads, you can measure things. So it's the same mm-hmm. listenership um, because people find podcasts through podcasts a lot of the time. And we've all been listening to a podcast and had the host come on and say, Hey, I just want to let you know, there's this other show that, you know, I'm friends with the creator and I really like what they're doing. And I think you'll like it too. And when you hear that as a listener, you already trust the host. You already know, you know, your audience trusts you to be consistent with your content. So when you're recommending another show, it's really easy for them to be like, oh yeah, I'll check it out. And you can say, hey, you know, the links here in the show notes, if you feel like checking them out, they're a new show where they just launched a new season or, you know, I just met them and I'm really excited about their show. And, you know, hey, if you like it, uh, give them a shot, that kind of thing. I think it, it really lends itself to, you know, helping people find good content and to, to that podcasting community overall as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, following along that swap, you know, you could swap trailer. You could play their trailer. You can play trailers. Yes. There's sort of all these different things. You can also pass that sort of swap into your social media where you're like. Yes, that was the next thing I was going to say. Exactly. You could say, hey, I just want to let you know, like you can post their artwork on your Instagram and say, this is a new show coming out. We're friends with them. If you like it, here's the link. Mm -hmm. We like it. We're excited about it. And I think people respond when you start being less about you and more about other people. There's something really powerful about saying, this person's thing is good. I love it. You should check it out. And if more of your feed has a little bit of more of that energy where you're pumping other people up, then this is the pump up place. People love to be around this good energy, you know? And so if you can, um, you know, uh, something that, uh, Ariel Nissenblatt says on, on about Twitter, you know, she's all over the social media. But one of the things is when when someone rec- asks for a podcast recommendation, recommend someone else's before you recommend your own. And that's a really powerful way to not be seen as spammy and to be as someone who supports the scene. And because then the person you're recommending gets a hit, and they might recommend yours back. So there's a, there's something really powerful about not being like me 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 me. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we've got a great episode with Ariel um, on Podcasting Smarter, if you want to check that out. So she is, 
I think everywhere at all at once in podcasting. Nobody knows how she does it. We're all clueless. So hi, Ariel, if you're watching, you may be. (laughs) You may be. You're everywhere all at once. Yeah, exactly. But that's great insight. And she's, you know, she's somebody who's really been in the industry for a long time as well. And um, she has a fantastic newsletter that uh, that goes out recommending shows, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that that's that's a really important aspect. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you want to be, you know, to to want to have people recommend you. You've also got to recommend other people. So I think just making sure you're kind of cognizant of that two way street is is a really important aspect as well. Um, and you know, I want to talk about, um, you know, if there's any other creative approaches in terms of boosting discoverability and attracting and retaining listeners that we haven't covered. Yeah. I mean, I do think about, um, I think a lot of the creativity right now, you know, in TikTok, right. And so it's how how are we telling stories? How are we, um, re almost like recreating our podcast moments in a video form? Um, you know, I've seen, I think, uh, you know, certain types of shows lend itself more to that, but it's re-storytelling your show in a in a sixty second thing. You know, it, yeah. So, but that kind of forcing you to reconstrain your product into a different shape, I think, forces you to just kind of innovate new things. You know, and yeah. so, um, you know, the when you start playing with stories and you start doing polls and Instagram and and things like that, like it's the, when you realize that the sort of basic stuff isn't really doing much for you and you have to like, uh, think ahead. This is when I do reach out for collaborations. You know, I mean, we've said there's the cross swaps and everything, but what about a whole show with another creator that allows you to point to your other shows? You know, Yeah. what about a, um, you know, you're going to start a newsletter, that uh, talks about only science fiction podcasts, and you're gonna kind of go deep on that and kind of newsletters know. are another one. Sorry, I have it here in in kind of the key points of what I want to talk about today. Newsletters are huge, um, and if you're a podcaster, if you can, if you have the personal bandwidth, build a newsletter, um, even if it's you know 100, 300, 500, a thousand people. Um, you know, it will become more and more valuable as your listenership goes on. You know, even if you're just saying like, hey, here's the latest episode, here's what it's about. We're so excited, that kind of thing every week. Um, because then when you do swaps with other podcasters or, you know, once you, if you decide to, you know, bring in advertisers, you can also add that into your reach. It's something where it has tremendous value. And I mean, you know, if, if you're an indie podcaster out there and somebody's like, oh yeah, I can feature you in my newsletter. That feels huge, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That feels absolutely huge. So newsletters are, are a really important way because you're connecting with people to their email address. It's not out there in the big wide world of the internet. It's personal. Mm-hmm. It's in their inbox. Yeah. Well, and I think um, oh, I had a whole idea just run in and out of my head. Oh, you know? that happens. Yep. That so happens a lot. But um, no, I think what you were saying also, Linz, about TikTok is really important as well. Um you know, in creating, thinking about ways to tell people about your podcast that are interesting and fun and engaging, right? So whether, and and not the same, right? Not just the same thing every time. 
Not because, like, hey, I did a thing. Hey, I did a thing. Hey, I did a thing. Yes. Right? Yes. More, more likely it's, hey, did you know that when I was doing my podcast last week, I learned this? Yeah. Right? You're, you're putting it in context and you're inferring that there's a podcast. You're mentioning it, but it's not the point. The value right. you're providing is the insight. The it's a fact. Learned. Right. What yeah. did you learn? And I think value, right? Providing more value than you, it's like giving more than you get. Yeah. And I think that especially early on, especially when you're small, that the, the, the equation is built that people want to want something from you. you yeah, know? for sure. And so if you're thinking about what value you provide, eventually you might earn the right to ask for some money, you know, right? or, you know, <laughs> even just like contests or like, Hey, if you wrote us a review, we're going to, you know, if you, we can read it as part of the show. You know, I think there's a lot of ways mm-hmm. to engage with your community. And if you write someone a review for their podcast and you love the show and then they read it and like the creator that you love is reading your review, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, they know who I am. They're they're following too. And I do have to say, you know, as a podcast creator, you're creating something for someone and it is conversational, but a lot of the time, you know, they they have a strong connection to you because they hear you, right? They're listening to you all the time. And and you may appreciate their listenership, but for them, it's a bigger ask. You're in their ear, right? They're they're giving you much more of their attention. So it's it's definitely something where you want to be value focused, um, and just keep that in the top of mind. And you know, we've talked about a lot of things today so far. Um, you know, social media, email newsletter marketing, communities getting engaged either in person or online. Um, you know, directories, making sure that even just the simple metadata of your podcast, right? Your title, your artwork, your show notes um, are there, making sure you come out, of, you know, launch at the same time, same day of the week, same time of day, that kind of thing. Um, just building audience trust. And these are all things that, you know, I don't think there are many podcasts that do all of them. <laughs> just know <laughs> you've got to do what works for you. List. That's right. It's a big list. And these are proven strategies that work for a lot of different podcasts, but what's going to work for your podcast is unique. So it's really important that you, that you give yourself a break and then you don't, you know, Oh, there, here's the 10 things I have to do. Here's the 10 boxes. Um, because it's about engagement. It's about curiosity. It's about that presence and you can't be present everywhere. No. And it's, uh, it's really important to understand where your limits are. Um, and this is a multimedia project management situation. You know, I mean, there's a reason that some of the bigger podcasts have whole teams on it because there's a lot of moving parts. You have to have a lot of different skills. And so as an indie, you really need to be patient with yourself. Yes. Don't bite off everything at once, all new, all the time. You know, there's sort of like filter in one new idea as your bandwidth allows, you know, because uh, a podcast that has burnt out or faded does not one fade. good, you yeah. know? Yeah. You're not doing anyone good if you fade and you're better off to uh, switch to a, every other week instead of weekly. You're better off to like change the cadence that you can manage rather than let the ideal thing burn you out and and you're done. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's such a thing. Com- it's such a common thing that, you know, there's a word for burnout in podcasting, pod fade, right? People use it all the time, right? And you just want to make sure that, you know, you're doing what is going to connect with your audience, where your audience is and for who they are. Um, you know, don't feel like 
you have to make your podcast for everybody out there who won't listen. I think that's a really important aspect. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, listeners can be guests, right? A lot of people who you have on your podcast, you know, and as an independent podcaster, a lot of people who have small businesses have a podcast about their business. So sometimes, you know, you want your clients to listen, but you can also invite those clients to be guests on the show. Right? So. Sometimes the conversation of having a client as a guest is more important than any listeners you'll get from that episode, just exactly. because you get to have a real for a real connection with someone. Yeah, exactly. So definitely be open to what works for you. Don't put too much pressure on yourself, but know that it's about engagement and, you know, finding out where your people are, making sure that your content and value focus, not like you said, I did a thing, I did a thing, I did a thing, but um, here's what I learned. Here's what I'm excited for you to learn. Here's the thing that came up, um, you know, and, and constantly being value focused. The podcasts that we've talked to that have had the most success have always from day one said, hey, thank you for being here. Here's what's here for you. Here's why it's here. I'm glad you're here. Um, so I think that's a really important aspect of discoverability as well. And just know that, like you said, things take time. Um, you know, uh, sure, in the in in the entire universe of podcasting, there have been, you know, people who start a podcast and then it's immediately, you know, crazy millions of downloads, but that is the exception. And that very much so. And yeah. that it doesn't diminish the value of your work. Um, and so, you know, be excited about the content you're creating. I think that's why people get into podcasting because you love creating podcasts. So um, of course, if you have any questions, you can always email us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. And you know, we've really covered a lot. So um, we'll definitely have a lot here in the description. And if you registered for this event on Eventbrite, we'll kind of send through a little bit of information about what we talked about today, just kind of covering the bullet points if you do want to utilize any of these strategies, because you know most podcasts utilize a couple, maybe two or three minimum, um, especially for, for show notes. This is what we always recommend. Have show notes on your podcast. Um, it's something where, yeah, so we'll send that out to you guys. And um, yeah, you know... I, Podcast discoverability is about finding your people. So find your audience um, where you think they're hanging out, the directories, the social media, the live events, like you said, Linz, with your friend, the comedian. And um, and find your find your also your ideal guests, your ideal collaborators, your ideal community as well, because that's what's also going to drive discoverability. Um, no podcaster is truly alone. So no, it's a it's a communal. It you know like we're all uh, we're doing the same kind of expression, even though we're expressing different things, and it, it's it's a lot more alike uh, than it is different. And so, um, yeah, I think the being able to you know uh, know who you are, be clear on that, is sort of like the foundational root that allows you to say, "Now look at me, yes. right? And now this is why." and that and people actually hear that through the noise. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also just on one last note, you know, it's so easy to look at other podcast success and think, oh gosh, it was just so easy for them. But, you know, most podcasters, if, if you ask them how they got there, it was a lot of work. So don't feel like, you know, you just started and maybe you haven't gotten that far or, you know, you're, you're com comparing. Don't compare. Just know that you can only make the best show you can make and connect with the people that you make that show for, including you know, the community around you. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Think of those numbers as actual people, 
Yes. Um, you know, and so even if it's, and I've had episodes, you know, they got nine. We got nine lessons on this one, right? But I think about a room full of nine people and I'd be pumped to talk to nine people in a room, you know? And so just sort of reframing some of that really helps. The, yeah. the indie thing is a different beast and it's really, um, it's really powerful and really, you know, good for the soul in that yeah. way. And uh, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think we're going to wrap up. I'm going to read our brief in- outro and then, um, yeah, we'll conclude for the day. Linz, it's just been such a pleasure. Thank you again for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you everyone for joining us at Podcasting Smarter for our final event as part of our Summer of Discoverability series for our August live event, Amplify Your Audience, Navigating Discovery as an Independent Podcaster with Linz Florin of Growth Network Podcasts as we spoke about how to increase your podcast discoverability and help you find your audience. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter has live stream sessions just like this one with top podcasters and experts within the industry. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter podcast, so make sure to check that out. This is the third and final event in our Summer of Discoverability series where we've brought you experts, best practices, and tips for how to grow your podcast, whether you're an independent podcaster like we've been discussing today, brand, or enterprise-level organization. Make sure to check out last month's live stream from July, Branded Podcasting, Amplifying Your Brand's Voice with Lower Street, featuring Harry Morton and Shannon Martin of Lower Street, and June's live event, Podcast Discoverability, Boosting Your Reach and Growing Your Audience with Russ Moore of Pacific Content. If you joined late or want to have another listen to this conversation, you can replay this live stream on Podbean's YouTube channel, and I think we'll also put it up on the Podcasting Smarter podcast. Podcasting Smarter and today's event are brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 640,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today. Thanks for joining us and stay tuned for more upcoming events throughout the year. Um, you can follow us on Eventbrite for upcoming events. We've also got the event page, which I'll have here. And of course, any questions, please reach out to us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks, Linz. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this replay of our live event episode. If you have any questions about podcasting and want to get in touch with the Podbean team, reach out to us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Happy podcasting.